Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why. The podcast is all about digging into big questions and tricky topics via honest conversation. This week we're going to be looking at gut health. This episode is made in partnership with Bimino. Bimino Daily is a unique high-fibre prebiotic supplement that is proven to stimulate the growth of good bacteria in the gut. It doesn't stop there. Bimino Daily also supports the balance of your microbiome. Don't know what microbiome is? Or like me, you've heard of it but don't really have a full understanding. Well, you're in luck because today I chat to Lisa and Alana McFarlane who are experts in the field. Lisa and Alana have successful careers as DJs and presenters as the Mac Twins. Their twinness also led to an important twist in their careers. In 2017, they took part in a groundbreaking piece of research by a leading expert in genetics and nutrition, Professor Tim Spector of King's College London, which looked at whether gut health is determined by genetics or by environmental factors, which we'll talk about more shortly. Off the back of that, the girls started a brilliant website called The Gut Stuff with the aim to empower gut health in everyone. On there, there's an expert team of scientists, nutritionists, dietitians, and they're all here to help us stay on the right track when it comes to bullshit versus the real shit of gut health, which is something I, for one, am clueless about. So without further ado, let's get cracking with the episode. Um, three questions for you both before we begin. They're both quite, well, your answer is going to be the same for some of it, but not others. How are you really? What star sign are you? And what's your favourite crisp? What an excellent question. I will actually be intrigued to see if our crisps or flavours are the same. Um, how am I really? I've got a bad, I think I've sounded a bit like what you've got, this like cold thing that you just feel extremely sorry for yourself, but it's not COVID, so nobody else feels sorry for you. But if it is that if you've got the same cold that I've just had, and I've had COVID twice, this cold is bad. And I was just like, have I just forgotten? I just said that it was like you're not giving me any sympathy, and I, I think it feels worse than COVID did the second time. I was like, all right, fine. But yeah, it, it is pretty Brutal. bad. But I think our immunity immunities went down. Yeah. Um, sorry, what was the second question? How are you ready? Oh, um, what star sign are you? Which oh yeah. Is? Yeah, we're Taurus. We were meant to be Gemini, but we were five weeks early, so we stumped that a bit. Yeah. And then, uh, favorite crisp salt vinegar discos all day every day. Yeah, I was gonna yeah or squares. They're similar um, texture. Mm, I, I mean, I'm partial. The actually the the corner shop near me, I've moved house recently, has got the best selection of '90s crisps: yes. Space Raiders, squares, like the whole hog. They're missing frisps. <gasps> and how or, much do they cost these days for a packet of? Um, I think I think thirty p. I maybe paid thirty forty p. Yeah. Used to be ten p. Right, because so, I was going to say three times price increase. Yeah, this is like ha- totally hashtag gut health. Yeah, <laughs> but we, I was at a wedding recently. No, it wasn't recently actually. It was pre COVID, which was a lifetime ago. And um, at at night time, instead of a buffet, they just had like rows of boxes of nineties crisps. Genius, because everyone was like hammered and just smashing the crisps, and it's just. What an amazing idea. And it probably was so much cheaper than, you know, what was it, like a bacon butty that nobody eats. Yeah. So it's such I mean, a good idea. Absolute genius. Mm-hmm. Absolute genius. So fun, so cheap, so effective, because you just want to try and soak up some of the booze. Exactly. <laughs> just went so well with the vodka that I was having as well. The thing is, given the free reign over those kind of crisps, I would think I could eat quite a lot of them. Oh, 100%. You'd start to get annoyed by how small the packages were. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like a Fred. Remember, like Fredos and Tazzies as well. Packet of Space Raiders and a Fredo or a Taz, fifteen pence maximum. 
I mean, we sounded really old, but I know. <laughs> but it's true. It was cheap back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what so else? Oh, that was yeah. Oh, oh, how I really am. Yeah. I've got a rager today. I don't know why. You know, when you're just in a raging mood. You don't know why. Oh, Alana's had the brunt of tomorrow. it already. That could be it. That's it. That's it. Lisa always goes crazy with a full moon. I literally sent her a thing on Teams just with like a, a gif with someone going, poo wee. Change like, your attitude. Like, your attitude. Poo wee. <laughs> that it must be so interesting for you guys to work together and be as close as you are. I imagine you can just be unbelievably frank with one the, another. Oh, oh, there's... I mean, some honestly, like uh, we've got like 10 members of staff now, and I was in, I, I recently had a baby, so I'm not in the office a lot but I was in on Tuesday and they were just like like we're just so savage to each other and they're just like oh my god I forgot how savage you are to each other in person but then you know a couple of minutes later we're absolutely fine but yeah you kind of do you feel like there's no editing yourselves for one another no filter whatsoever and our both our husbands always say you can't treat us like you treat each other because we do exactly the same with them yeah, because you've got a kind of a relationship that no one else would have in yeah. terms of the the extremity of your closeness. Even mm-hmm. yeah, your your partners, it's different. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. It's interesting about the star sign thing as well because Alana is a Taurian over the back, like logic. She's like a metronome, just like yeah, and her whole mood is just straight down the line the whole time. Whereas I am very much the mood swing, frenetic nature of a Gemini. Um, and and how how big a time gap was there between your births? Fourteen minutes. So yeah, my mum gave birth to us through through the vag, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, fair play to her. She said, she said, like, after I came out, she was like, can you keep the other one in, please? Like, um, they can stay in but there. And then I turned round because Alana was, like, left. Then she took all the white blood cells with her and was like, smell you later. Um, and I turned round like, wee, space, when she left. Um, and then came out like they couldn't get me out. And I was blue because obviously she tried to kill me by taking all the white blood cells. And you're, you know, forever in my debt, I feel, I had to have a blood transfusion and all sorts. I mean... It just, it's Lisa over the back, like always caught bringing the drama. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just get yourself out. <laughs> but you know, astrology wise, that will probably mean that your birth charts are uh, different. That's a significant enough gap if you know, yeah. So there will be some differences, I think. Could explain a lot. Yeah. yeah. But that is so funny. Twin one, twin two. You've had quite a different. Or do they decide twin one, twin two when you're in the womb? It's not to do with when you're born. Well, one grows quicker, I think, and the other one's sort of cupped in, and then the, one, the other one catches up. I think, um, but but my mum said like scans back in those days. She's like, you're just like two wee blobs, you know what I mean? Like she was like amazed oh, at like all the four D scans and that. Now she was like, yeah, we we knew nothing. She was like, at, at one point, she was, I thought you were one boy, and then they thought <laughs> that we were two boys, and then we came out and they were like, oh, it's two girls. We were kind of completely off the mark. Really? Yeah, we were meant to be called Greg and Murray. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh my word! What a shock! I know. Yeah. Good honour for yeah. doing the vaginal delivery. Well, actually, that is, is kind of a seamless link because tell me about the, the quite well-renowned um, study that you did for twins in 2017, was that? Yeah, it feels like yesterday and 100 years ago, but we basically mm. volunteered for twin research because, well, we were obviously DJing at the time, so couldn't have been further from health and wellness, put it that way. Um, living a fairly hedonistic lifestyle on vodka and late nights. Um, and, you know, we were brought up in working class Scotland, so we didn't eat an avocado until we moved to London. Um, but 
so we definitely weren't into nutrition at that point, but we um, volunteered for Twin Research mainly because um, we had different health pathways growing up. So Alana had arthritis when we were younger. I had really bad acne and, you know, we knew we were identical, but we just wondered what, you know, what the cause of these different things were. Um, And I was meant to do medicine at uni uh, and Alana was meant to do business and law. So actually our obituaries will make sense, but it feels a bit random (laughs) right now. Um, (laughs) But we were just super like fascinated by the science. So we volunteer for twin research and you get everything tested there, everything from like bone density to mental dexterity uh, of which Alana's bones are denser and my, I'm more mentally dexterous. (laughs) Who's going to live longer? Yeah, exactly. Um, and Tim, so that the American Gut Project was just starting to happen in the states because they realised that they could use the same technology they use for like DNA sequencing to sequence this new thing called well, the microbiome, which was mm-hmm. starting to kind of hurtle into science. And Tim was like, "Do you guys want to have your guts? We wanted the first to have your guts analysed as part of this." And we were like, "Yeah, sure, Tim. What do we have to do?" Well, first we were like, "What do you mean our beer bellies?" Um, and he was like, "You have to send your poo off in the post every day for two months. You have to have a couple colonoscopies." Didn't realize how invasive that was until we signed the waiver form, and we're like, "Oh my god." Mm-hmm. Um, and they put us on uh, the same, exactly the same diets. One, we had to only eat processed food and drink alcohol for a month. He was like, is there a time of the year that that would be good? And we were like, the Edinburgh Festival. Um, <laughs> so we did that. And the second one, we just had to have like loads of uh, fibre and all the key principles that we actually have at the gut stuff now. Um, yeah. And yeah, and it turns out that even though we have 100% the same DNA, our guts were only, our gut bacteria was only around 30% the same. So the same as strangers. Wow. Um, so yeah that's kind of how we got into it and then we just were really fascinated because we weren't just meeting you know gastroenterologists and people that study digestive health we were meeting immunologists the head of Parkinson's research psychologists and going right this microbiome thing is a lot wider spread Um, so yeah and then we just set up the gutstuff.com basically because our pals were like one minute you're interviewing people at the British Red Carpet for your radio show and the next minute you're at Reading University talking about probiotics what the hell's going on and we're (laughs) just like oh that gut stuff that gut stuff and um, yeah and also it just completely turned on its head everything we thought about health and well health or or diet like we were the type of you know people in our 20s as most of us are where and are I think we're thinking about you know diet was something that you did two weeks before you went on holiday mm-hmm. you know the cabbage soup diet pre-Magaluf 2005 Atkins all these sort of nonsense diets and you know we were like hold on a minute if we as identical twins can't be sold the same diet mm-hmm. or or lifestyle then how can everyone be sold and at the time you know it was all this sort of clean eating whereas what worked for one person should work for everyone and we were like mm-hmm. hang on a minute you know that the science isn't isn't showing that and we just became super passionate about getting the word out there really and one just to go back is that when we say gut health what is it that we're referring to is there a kind of a, a neat way of explaining that um we're getting better at it but it's <laughs> it's, it's hard and um, well, I think you know obviously when we talk about gut health we're talking about the health of our gastrointestinal tract so like everything from mouth to bum um and we, the kind of thing that we've known, like how we digest and absorb food. Um, but there's this whole new thing called the microbiome. Um, well, it's not, it's not new, but it's, we, we're starting to learn more. We're starting about to it. learn more about what it is. And basically it is, you know, 
pathogens, bacteria, fungi and viruses that live in around and on us. Um, and the reason that we talk about them, you know, you can get skin microbiome. We talk about them in re- relation to gut health because loads of them, most of them live in our large intestine because it's moist, it's soggy and they quite like it there. Um, we thought when we first started the research that they actually outnumbered our human cells 10 to 1. Um, but actually it's looking more like 1.3 to 1 as the science starts to emerge but they do loads of amazing things they um, you know regulate our blood sugar levels they teach our immune cells um, they do so much great stuff for us and science has start to uncover why we need to be looking after them more because particularly in western culture we've done everything that we can to try and kill them off in terms of really? sanitization, antibiotics sedentary lifestyles Um so, yeah, it's something that and I think that's, you know, when we came into gut health, it was like, actually, yes, there is a lot of people that have digestive issues that are on the rise. One in four people have them. Every time we talk to them, we're like, oh, I've got IBS or my partner's got IBS. Um, but also this microbiome piece means that we need to start to look after that from an overall well-being perspective, too. So I think that's why the category and the interest is growing so quickly, because mm. it encapsulates pretty much everything. Yeah, it feels like it's kind of at the centre of well-being, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and 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 the, and the amazing thing about you know the microbiome is like we wouldn't be alive without our microbiome, and it's quite overwhelming to think about it because you know we were eighties babies, everything all bacteria was bad, and you know get out, and actually this idea of you know that we have we almost see it like pets or like a rainforest, like that they're all that they're actually working for us as well. It's, it's quite a lot to get your head around, mm-hmm. um, and it was pretty overwhelming for us as well initially yeah Yeah, and it's weird isn't it well I'm sitting here like this because I feel like well-being and general health is something I've got a relatively good grasp on or you feel like you do and then you think oh no this is this whole world and because I've been researching this podcast once you start like tuning into it it feels like it comes at you from everywhere within everything and it's like oh right this is a huge piece of the puzzle yeah and I think that's what we you know, that's what kind of was the fire in our bellies as well, because we were like, not only is this like, you know, a well-being trend and something that we should be listening to, it's potentially the future of healthcare for a lot of things. Like, you know, all the research that's going into clinical practice around the microbiome is incredible and overwhelming. Um, and that's what we kind of got the fire in our bellies because it was very much at the back of health food stores and in particular types of newspapers and magazines that people were talking about this um, and we were like the people that need it most aren't getting this information and it actually all the tips and the stuff that the scientists were telling us wasn't like a magic expensive pill mm-hmm. um, it was really super simple stuff that we can all do and you can change the makeup of your microbiome within days um, and I, and I think that's really empowering. For, it's a really empowering mm-hmm. thing for everyone. Um, so, yeah, so that's what kind of, yeah, got us away from the decks and into microbes. <laughs> I mean, it's quite the career shift, isn't it? <laughs> it feels so illogical. But then when you, but it, when, if you'd been living our every day, it just sort of makes sense. Yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the crux of that main study was trying to unpick how much is environmental and how much is genetic. Mm-hmm. And what has been the kind of conclusions on that, if there is such a thing? So, yeah, so it, there you go. Cheap. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, your microbiome's affected by so many different things. Diet is one of the main things. But, um, you know where you live in the world plays a huge part and that was one of the big things that that came out of that study movement 
you know, lifestyle in general, sleep, face, and then when you start to piece all these things of everything that affects it, it is quite literally everything. Um, and, you know, when you look at it, it's like, oh, wow, you know, everything's affecting it and I don't know where to start first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's a good thing that it, it, lots of things affect it because it mm-hmm. means you can do lots of simple changes to, to do that. Um, and we changed the makeup of our microbiome in the study in, in two weeks, which is really exciting. Wow. And I'm right in thinking that even how you're delivered, how you're born, so coming down, the, this is me not being a scientist, come, being, a vaginal birth would mean that you've got exposure to some microbiome, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, and Alana, obviously, like, when she, I mean, I never thought I'd be the sort of person that was like, and um, are you getting a vaginal swab if you have a C-section? Just like, what the hell? <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and that, you know, how you're born, because you get the, your, you know, the microbes from your mum when you come out. And also, if you're breastfed, um, can also uh, affect it. It's hard. It's a hard thing to talk about, actually. And we've sort of resisted talking about it a lot with the gut stuff because I think mums have enough guilt as it is and you know there it's it's almost better to focus on the things that you have within your control now and what you can do from the baby up to three years when their microbiome starting to take shape rather than than how they were born but it's amazing the um yeah the, the links but you can as you just referenced if you are going to have a um cesarean birth you can ask for a vaginal swab can't you would that be an, a fairly normal thing to request mm-hmm. Seemingly it is now. Like I, when I gave birth to my daughter, my hostel were a bit like what. <laughs> um, but actually, friends that have have had babies in other regions, like even in Scotland, have been like, oh yeah, I, my midwife actually said to, mentioned it to me, um, to put into birth plan. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure how sort of widespread it is now within in the UK, but certainly in other countries, it's um pretty common. Really. And then um, yeah, but yeah, as you say. We've got enough riding on both those things, on births and breastfeeding, anyway. But it, but it is also important to understand that 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 that's where this journey begins, isn't it? So early on, and then you mentioned how would exercise impact your um, microbiome? So yeah, so one of the oh sorry, now you go go this, no you no. go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. um, one of one of the studies that was was done was done on um, exercise and the diversity of. Of bacteria in your gut so what we don't really know what a good gut and a bad gut looks like um which is the big question that everyone always asks us but they mm-hmm. think that a more diverse microbiome leads to better health outcomes mm-hmm. um so with this study the studied people on it in doing exercise and it wasn't specific of what exercise they did they just did the exercise for six weeks the diversity of their microbiome increased as soon as they stopped that exercise the diversity of the microbiome went back to baseline wow and we always talk about it, the gut stuff. We do a lot of corporate wellness talks. And, you know, when we do those talks, we've done them everywhere from, you know, big corporates like Visa to other places like Facebook and with such a different widespread group of people that don't mm. necessarily want to listen to you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If people come across our website or on our Instagram, they're coming to us because they have an interest in gut health. But when we do our corporate wellness, so when we do our talks, we've just got learned so much on feedback. And for us, you know, before we started this journey, exercise for us was absolutely hammering it in a hit class for an hour or mm. 
sweating it in a hot yoga class nearly fainting mm-hmm. and actually when we talk when we talk about exercise at the gut stuff it's more about movement so you know what could you do in your day to to get up and move and I think lockdown taught us a lot of that you know mm-hmm. that we do that we that just actually getting up and walking is is amazing movement and we do take it for granted in terms of how many how much steps we're doing so we always say like exercise snacking is quite a good way to to, to get moving mm-hmm. so when you go down and get your tub, cup of tea or coffee why don't you take the stairs twice or mm-hmm. you know if you're working from home we're all finding it really difficult I think as a nation to to switch off from from work and home because the, it's so blurred now so do you just go a quick walk around the block to reset back into home mind and, and instead of work so thinking of exercise is just movement and doing what works for you you know like what works for me I, I like doing yoga not even for the movement side of it it's because I'm off the phone for an hour yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean so you know doing what works for you and what works for you isn't going to work for for other people and I think Lisa and I embody that and when it comes to food exercise and and sleep because you know we have exactly the same DNA but we enjoy com- different. completely different things I think that's how I was going to say that the problem with the wellness industry in general is that we're sold all the stuff that we should, you know, reformer Pilates and everything that we should be doing for well-being when actually the stuff that doesn't make the money, like, you know, going for a walk and a lot of the simple tips that we say, uh, you know, aren't commercially driven, but are the things that our granny used to tell us. Mm. And it's not sexy and it's not fun. It's not the next cool thing, but it's where the science is pointing. And, and, you know, fortunately that that is accessible to everyone I think we you know mm. we have a danger of getting into a London echo chamber which we all know we're in by being like oh, yeah I'm going to this performance flight class here you're just like actually we're so we've lost touch with what everyone mm. else does and the science isn't pointing there yes it's brilliant and fun to do the new cool thing but um you know I'm sure a lot of the people in that studies were just that study were just going for a walk yeah, and the thing is, the more um, layers of complexity we put into things, the, the less able we are to A, do them and B, stick with them. Whereas, um, yeah, I, yeah, that is one of the, the better things to come out of the pandemic, that the se- understanding the joy of a walk. Mm. And for me, I was always like, oh, a walk is something that my parents inflicted on me. But <laughs> I, I, I definitely am trying to just take the slightly longer route places you know even if you add a few more steps at every given point you're suddenly just getting a whole bunch more movement in your day and actually what you were saying about the the hit classes I I err towards quite high intensity training but what I found is that I was doing that and then by the weekend I was so exhausted that I was I was going to quite the extremes and being quite sedentary mm-hmm. whereas now I've tried to dial down my training a bit to make it so that my whole life can have more movement in it rather than killing yourself on a uh, on a, a gym class and not having anything else left yeah and I think yeah, it's I think the, the habitual thing that you kind of touched upon is really interesting like it's a similar thing with de-stressing like the wellness industry tells us that we must have a gong bath on standing on our heads um and that is like one solution that's going to immediately de-stress you and t- instead of finding the thing every day like for alana and i like my main way to de-stress is going down the pub with my pals and talking about everything and nothing like i mm-hmm. find that the most meditative thing in the world because it makes me forget where i am because mm-hmm. i'm with my best pals talking about nonsense um mm-hmm. and i think that again you know that can't be sold. <laughs> so no. the wellness industry ain't going to peddle it. Um, but I think that, and I think it, it, I think a lot of it is a class issue and, you know, all these things are seen as a middle-class luxury, whereas, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, de-stressing can be anything that helps you forget about 
work um, or the small little things or the walk (laughs) or whatever. And I think that those small habitual things as you hit the nail on the head is how we are actually going to create real change yes the science is complex and yes the, and yes the applications can be quite complex but mm-hmm. how we um you know how we go about them should and needs to be simple so anna martha who's in, on instagram and psychotherapist she says if instead of meditation just go and like lie on your bed for 10 minutes and you're like oh yeah i can do that i can lie on my bed <laughs> for 10 minutes and it and it a, it is surprisingly difficult because you mm-hmm. realise how hooked on our phones we are. But yeah, just weaving in a quick lie down <laughs> with you is, and it, you can feel your nervous system sort itself out when you do that. And that is achievable and free and available to absolutely anybody. Yeah, yeah and our head of nutrition talks about box breathing as well. So just simply breathing in for four, holding for four. But you know, it, it's such a simple technique. You can do it on the move. You know, you could do it. sitting at your desk on the tube in the car it just sets your body into that sort of rest and digest mode again rather than fight or flight and we're as a nation constantly in fight or flight constant stress we've got our phones next as as soon as a whatsapp notification pops up you know that's sending us into fight or flight mode because it's you know stress is the same whether you're you know scared that the boar is going to come after you or if the boar is actually coming after Mm. you your body doesn't know the difference between the two and um yeah it's it's a big thing and, it, and it's just more frustrating when people go just just have less stress in your life man <laughs> if only. what i don't understand is how that does how stress and your microbiomes link up because of what is it because you've got adrenaline or because you're what what's going on so both it's um so our gut and brains like we've all sort of we've always kind of known they're linked like if you see the person you fancy you get butterflies in your stomach um gut instinct all those things are you know well within our vocabulary and you know we feel them all the time and so we kind of used to think that um that was just you know from the brain down um but what we're now reason realizing is they're linked by something called the vagus nerve which unfortunately has nothing to do with Las Vegas um and realizing that the single signals two ways so what goes on in our gut doesn't just stay in our gut and can actually affect our brain as well so they're we think of the vagus nerve as kind of like the phone line so they're communicating with each other both ways they're also communicating via neurotransmitters which is like the whatsapp um so things like serotonin is actually produced and found in our gut dopamine um that that's the reward hormone if you get a like on instagram and gaba which is your camen hormone um and they you know they're all they're speaking to each other constantly and there's so much new sci- exciting science coming out um about that and about how microbes can affect things like anxiety the thing that we always kind of caveat this with and we work with anxiety uk quite a lot on the things that we create around this um is that of course mental health is multifactorial and as soon as people start to sensationalize it with like you know good mood food and this bit sauerkraut is going to cure depression we get (laughs) into very shaky murky Mm -hmm. potentially dangerous waters and but i think the exciting thing is is knowing the link is there and so if we start to look after our gut health could that potentially be a tool in our armory um towards our mental health and I think that's how we have to kind of frame it um but it's really really interesting and exciting uh, but I think we just have to be careful and honest about where the science is at really mm. but I loved what you said earlier it's it's the stuff our grannies knew you know we we do yeah of course your diet choices can't sort your mental health out but on the other hand we do know when we're eating properly when we're putting enough like vegetables in our bodies when we're getting enough water 
they are the kind of foundations for feeling good in yourself. It can't solve mm-hmm. all your problems, but it. But yeah, if you go the other way, too much caffeine, too much sugar, too much yeah, eating on the fly, it's the things that tips the balance the other way. I, th- I think you're right. Exactly right with the with the word foundations, and and that's so important because if we can get the foundations that are general things like you know fiber variety, um then you then you can start to personalize it on top of that and do what works for you and what fits into your lifestyle and I think that's super important like take fiber like our granddad used to be like yep makes me go it's all branded have it every day makes me go and um, but I think now with fiber we've got the why piece of why fiber is, is good for us so you know no I think we've always sort of known that it bulks your stool and, and makes you go but we now know that it feeds the, the bacteria in, in our gut so I think that's what gut health is bringing to health and wellness is bringing that why piece you know this is what you've got to do but why and then mm-hmm. gut health is, is now answering those questions which I think is a really interesting way of of looking at it so we're not saying anything new when it comes to the tips or lifestyle tips that we're we're given it's just it's just the why piece really and now a quick ad from me to mention the sponsor of today's episode Bamino. As we've learned, a healthy and balanced digestive system is at the core of our well-being, which is exactly what Bimuno is here to support. How, you may ask? Well, by offering a unique and proven action within the gut, which promotes digestion and supports a healthy gut environment. So interesting. Because when I was speaking to my audience about whether they had any gut issues, and 77% said they had, they did have, which is a, is a huge number. And, and most commonly, like you said, that was IBS and bloating. And then I asked them how that made them feel. And, you know, the words like shame, frustration, embarrassment. And so it does become a kind of the lines between physical health and mental health. They're interesting, aren't they? Because they become feelings that we sit with. So they didn't so much talk about the discomfort or the, yeah, the physical effects. They were talking about how that felt emotionally. Yeah, and I think that's like anything, you know, that's kind of perpetuated by the taboo as well like I just think we um you know people are ashamed of it and also people are there's so many people that are just masking symptoms and not getting to the underlying we've kind of normalized you know running to the toilet every two seconds or not pooing for three days or you know and I think that um it's because people don't want to talk about it and even you know going to your GP about those sort of things that people just don't understand they don't potentially have the vocabulary to say you know, I've got this or I don't know why. And that's, I think, we um, we talk a lot about, we've got, like, poo charts and stuff like that, normalising the poo chat. You know, we talk about it all the time with dogs and babies. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't talk about it, uh, um, you know, as adults. And as you say, there's loads of shame around. And I think that around, you know, bloating's a great example of it. I think that all too often, the th- all we see about bloating is on Instagram, people going, oh, what I look like today, what I look after food, and it's all aesthetic, um, rather than where there could be a potential problem, as you say, the discomfort um, and things like IBS, the stigma attached to that. You know, one in five people take time off work to digestive issues. If that was anything else, um, you know, people would be starting to, you know, to listen and and step up. And I think that the education just isn't there. Um, Mm. We don't have it. And I think um, that's what, you know we feel most passionate about as well as giving people the tools and the vocabulary to be able to go to the GP or be able to articulate what it is that's wrong because it can be really debilitating. 
Yeah, and also this idea that, yeah, you just have to live with it. Oh, you know, mm. this is just the way it is. I can't eat this. I don't, my body doesn't like this. So I need to be near a toilet then. And I mean, it's it's some leaps and I don't understand the science. But if you could quite radically change your microbiome or your gut health in a couple of weeks, if all of us made steps to getting, yeah, things working better, that's got to help everything, hasn't it? I think we've just lost the ability as well to tune in. I think, you know, we mm. all just want to be told what it is you know what what to do basically how to live our lives and I think that comes from this is probably going a bit too deep but you know I think even when we were growing up we had you know a bit more structure in that you know religion or you know for us certainly in our upbringing you know it was very much like this is this is what you'll do you'll have a, a career you'll be a joiner or you work in a hairdresser's or whatever a very practical job you'll get married you'll have kids you know, have grandkids and then you'll die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we've, as it's been great, we don't have those social structures imposed on us as much as we used to in the past, but it has given us, you know, we need to be able to now empower ourselves to do what works for us. Mm-hmm. And we've lost the ability to tune in because, I mean, I only ever tuned in with my body unless I was hungover or I was ill, you mm-hmm. know. Or, you know, even when I went to have my baby, they were like, when's the last time you pooed? I'm like, Okay, I actually own a business on this, and I actually really don't, don't know, know. <laughs> and I don't know what it looked like, and I don't, and I, and I, and you know, I think that's where we all have to start is, is to to tune in, and you know, how are we feeling? And I think mm. that was it's amazing your very first question to us, you know, how actually are you? Mm. And that comes down to you know physical as well. But we're we're, we're perpetually distracted, aren't we? Mm. And we do it to ourselves. Yeah, we really do. We really do. Again, the same um, Anna, the same person I referenced earlier, she's like, how often, especially if you're a mum, are you thirsty? And, you know, I'll give myself a drink in a minute. I'll get myself a drink. Or I need a wee. Or I need the loo. I need to go. I need to go. I'll go in a minute. I'll go in a minute. I mean, your body is giving you these these hints. If it's saying it's thirsty or it needs the toilet, that means you really ought to action it. And you wouldn't you wouldn't perpetually put your child off, but we do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And they, that's like the very basics of self-care. We're not talking, as you say, about gong baths. We're talking about if you're thirsty, get Have yourself a, a glass of water, of water. <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. It, we miss that trick yeah. sometimes I think as well it's like the, the kind of fast solution culture that we're in you mm. know you can get groceries to your doorstep in five minutes you can get it's like the pill for an owl the fast culture you can buy anything you want in minutes you can go anywhere you want mm. within a day uh, around the world and I think that actually you know we need to work a bit harder at the foundation stuff um because that's what we're doing you know we're having you know if if people have got after reflux they're going to a chemist and getting stuff for that or you know they're just masking symptoms constantly rather than Mm -hmm. putting the work in to go oh right why why do I think this is and I think that's the gap between you know a GP your GP and a very expensive nutritionist on Harley Street um you know people just don't know where to get help and don't know where to start um because it's expensive and it's an expensive gap I think Sophie Medlin, a dietitian we work with, put it so well in that she works with a lot of people with digestive issues. And she said, you know, when you have an issue like that or, you know, when we're talking about poo, it's literally your body screaming at you <laughs> that there's something wrong. Yes. And, you know, so often we are just going, exactly, it's it's all in your head or, you know, it'll be, see how it goes or, to, you know, and I think, you know, it's just people just aren't taken seriously and, and it affects. And now that we know how much it's linked to everything else, we really do need to be standing up and and taking notice and and it comes down to education as well you know when we first started our journey you know all those 
the years ago and even now people just go what's my gut do you mean my stomach or mm-hmm. you know gut seen as a bit of a oh, word and then you bring poo into it and people are like no about you know I'm not I don't want to talk about it and um, I think it needs to start there and breaking that breaking that taboo and it'll hopefully help that conversation um become a you know much more mainstream and talked about more and so if someone's listening and they're like well this you're, you're talking to me and by sounds of it it will be you know it will be talking to lots of people what what do you do how do you start to help your gut health um so we always say like educate yourself first um because you'll find a lot of penny drop moments just by finding stuff out like um you know but the fact that 70% of your immune system's house in your gut and things like that. Like, I think you need to pique your own interest first. Mm-hmm. And that comes from reading up and you need the why piece in order to take action. So our site, uh, we did, we wrote a book with like 18 experts from loads of different fields. So everything from dermatologists to psychologists. Uh, it's really simple. Everyone and I can read it. Anyone can. Um, but also our website is just like full of content from experts from around the world um so i'd say like that's the first step and then the next step uh you know tuning in starting to log stuff we have okay, we made some diaries with dps gps and dietitians and it's all really simple stuff like circle this poo what did you have to eat today you know how did you feel stress mm. is it like you know going back to basics because if you do go to your gp or you want to go or feel the need to go to speak to someone about it they will just send you away and ask you to write a diary for six to 12 weeks. Yeah. Um. So it's good to kind of put that work in first, educating yourself. So you can go to your GP and say, look, I've had a read of this thing, um, you know, and I've got, I've filled out this diary. What do you think? Um. Yeah. And then the three kind of simple principles that we say when it comes to nutrition are fiber. Um. You know, nine out of 10 of us don't get enough fiber. Um. Again, loads on our website to, to give you tips to to up that variety um so we don't know what each of our gut bacteria like yet um so we say it's like a wedding you need to have a buffet of loads of different stuff to keep everyone happy um so they did uh, the the um they did a big study on 10,000 stool samples and um the kind of magic number that came out of that was 30 plant different types yeah. of plants a week and uh, you know everyone bans it about but there is actually a science behind it uh, but that includes nuts and seeds as well you yeah know, I was about to say that is it Tim is it part of that same study with Tim Spector that that came out because I heard him talking about the 30 I was like how do I possibly do that but that's you know paprika turmeric every bit of seasoning that you put in sesame seeds yeah it's not having 30 full plants yeah no yeah. I mean, it could be like red red different colors count red pepper yellow pepper mm. green pepper mix bags of salad mix seeds like when mm. you kind of again like we've got a checklist like a plant checklist thing that you can download from our website that kind of helps to guide you a little bit because i think you know we're, you know habitually you just go into the supermarket and buy the stuff that you don't know to do with um, mm-hmm. And that's why things like veg boxes are great for that because you get a wee surprise. You're like, celiac, what on earth am I going to do with this thing? But it does help you to try new things. Um, and then the final kind of yeah layer on top when it comes to nutrition is is ferments and fermented foods. Um, mm-hmm. You know, contrary to popular belief, they did not start in East London. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've been around for, you know, as food preservation for eons. Um, but uh, our mum used to say, oh, that stuff makes me gag. Absolutely not. Uh, but, you know, you can start as easy as live, live yogurt and sauerkraut and um, live yogurt and sourdough, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, when you start, you can use them as condiments and start to introduce them that way. And it is actually quite simple to start to get them in and try like a new one a week. Um, So in terms of nutrition there, and then, you know, the other things is just like, as we said, you know, sleep, movement, stuff that we all know. Um, There's so many studies in science, like the exercise one's a prime example of that, that it's not just nutrition that can affect um, and improve our microbes. There's other things too. And I think that it's all the general well-being stuff that we know we should probably get round to one day. Um, Mm. (laughs) But the science is so exciting. And I think when you read up more about it, um, it encourages you to do it because you know why you're doing it. It's not because someone, an influencer told you to. It's because it's backed by actual science. We always say, like, for initially, just pick one. Like, I think we're all mm. used to that diet culture of mm. going 180 and completely changing, and then you know, we all just fall off the wagon. It's like, just pick one of them, like, up your fibre. or And it changes all the time. Like, we're still working on it as well. Like, this week, I'm like, hydration, I have to drink more. I don't mm. drink enough. So I got this big, huge 2.1-litre <laughs> tankard from Amazon. And I was like, right, I, I know I need to get through that mm. today. Um, and it's always evolving and changing in different parts of your, in you know, in, in different things of life. So don't overwhelm yourself. Like we say, like, just pick one, mm-hmm. pick one and do it for a couple of weeks and see how you get on. Yeah. And I think actually when we're talking about well-being, it can be misconstrued to kind of getting to these goals or, you know, and definitely very um, visual goals. But actually something drinking, something like drinking more water or adding more vegetables in, which is something I've been really trying to do. And once I've become conscious of it, I've just when I've got my dinner in front of me, I was like, can I what other veg can I put in this? Even if it's some slices of cucumber, like as I do for my kids, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you do that and you you do it as kind of a long term thing to kind of add in rather than, oh, I'm going to do this for six weeks and then X is going to happen. You, you need to be trying to drink more water indefinitely don't you yeah and I think as well like I think in our 20s we probably said oh I don't give a shit about my health <laughs> do you know what I mean but starting to think about prevention is is key and and the big wake-up moment for us we did we started the gut stuff as a YouTube series back in the day and one of the scientists told us like it's not just what you eat affects you it affects your kids and your grandkids that's what you're passing down and I was like whoa Ooh. okay <laughs> now now we really need to do something you know we need to to start to start you know thinking about it so that was like definitely a catalyst mm. but it's mad that, that we've in, we've inherited that as well it's come you know that that is actually come down to us as well you know we've inherited the, the worst scottish genetics we, could mm. <laughs> we had a very an uphill climb i mean we <laughs> not not this is not a lie for our school lunch at high school we have for our snack we'd have a greg's sausage roll and then at lunchtime, we'd have a chip butty, um, a Greg softy pick a mix, and probably 10 Lambert and Butler. Yeah, I was going to say. However yeah, many Lambert and Butler we could smoke in the half hour walking back. <laughs> Again, we and was... I, I think that's why Tim used us quite a lot initially, because he was like, you know, they're... If <laughs> These they, ones are bad. They, yeah, rock yeah, bottom. If the, ba- the baseline is solo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet it. I mean, that is a nostalgia. I used to get £2 lunch money, and I somehow used to be able to get cheesy chips and 10 sovereign and a Twix, yeah. from, the, yeah. Twix from the vending machine. Uh-huh. Can I and brew? Job's done. <laughs> and I felt, I feel like I felt all right off it. Yeah, yeah. The, the young body is amazing at what it can kind of do with. <laughs> but then I think that you sort of start to think, what's that done for, you know, over the time but then that's why you know with with the microbes being able to change you not much you can do about your genetics but you know changing them so quickly is exciting and empowering yeah. and I hope that people walk away 
from listening to this podcast not feeling overwhelmed but feeling invigorated and empowered and it spikes interest yeah and and it's accessible isn't it that's the thing I think that's what's really important this is as you say it often these things get wrangled into some kind of trend or or yeah dialed into a place that feels like it isn't for everyone but yeah live yogurt is a really easy choice to make and yeah it's a classic thing if you look at the food categories that probably would have been closer to what our grandparents were eating and then it all got too complicated too many options you know and you just want to go quite back to basics yeah and, I think- and even when you go pick up that live yogurt pick up a different one every time you go to the supermarket because mm. each one will have different types of bacteria in it so pick the one that's on offer you know if, if right. you want to do accessibility um, but I think as well like I think we're where I think the gut stuff has resonated is that you know Lisa and I were not and are not angels and you know when we first set it up our mum was like you're being too preachy with that you're being too preachy with that and actually you know we we tried to do our best to not sensationalize it and not have it so that it's you know it should be um you know inspirational not aspirational and the health and well-being industry should be that and Mm. I think that's where it has went wrong in trying to make you know systematic change so far yes I think you're right uh, hence why there's a massive chapter on alcohol in the book because we had a liver <laughs> specialist from UCL um that chapter had to be cut down significantly because Alana and I asked too many questions like touch of that red wine how much red wine um what so, yeah. did that teach you about at the impact of alcohol on microbiome so you know red wine um well, red wine's a good example of it because it's high in polyphenols, which are gut bacteria love, but obviously the alcohol bit of red wine, not so good. And it's just like the boring thing of moderation. Like that's yeah. what came out of it. <laughs> um, and yeah, and actually your microbes can help you metabolize alcohol and people metabolize um, alcohol differently, uh, which we've all kind of known. But um, yeah, it was yeah really interesting to learn it because people always and you know like kind of in terms of gut permeability and the all the things that we've known about craving Mm. rubbish food and salt and sugar and whatever the next day um and it was kind of like stuff that we'd known but we had a lot we had a scientist sitting in front of us that we could ask (laughs) all the questions that's what's interesting isn't it because I'm just learning about glucose which again fades into all of this and like that, that pasta will spike your glucose but if you've put like salad and vegetables in your stomach first that, that it metabolizes it differently and and so many of the things we kind of it goes back to this instinct in your gut feeling on things we kind of do sometimes know what feels right but we don't really know why it's right and what it actually is doing yeah and I think it's as you like you need that bit to underpin and actually get you to mm. do it like for me personally as well like I'm like all right, why though, or whatever, just sort of like the bigger, you need the kind of bigger picture piece of the pie to be like, all right, okay, like, I think for us, our dad died of a heart attack in his 50s, and I've got no doubt that the combination of being excited about the science and also, um, you know, knowing that if he'd known some of this stuff, I would still be here, I'm sure. Um, mm. So there's like a bit of that extra, you know, I guess, kick up the bum or, um, you know, sad reason why we, no. we continue to do it but I think um it's probably been it's probably subconsciously been more of a driver than we think oh, well I think that's really important to say I think with all of this with movement with 
good food choices, we forget that the reason we do that is because we'd like to live longer. Mm. <laughs> that, that, you know, exercise shouldn't be, of course, about fitting into any genes. It's trying to keep your body moving and being in the best way possible. And yeah, it, we, we forget that that is the end point. Yeah, yeah, and I think I hate the word thrive with a passion, <laughs> but it's, it is about not just existing. And I think, you know, I think we probably, yeah, I think that, that really shifted for us as we went through this. You know, you can feel good. You can feel, you know, you can have energy and you can have, you don't just have to exist and, and get through life and, you know, have treat days and hold yourself back and restrict things and then have treat days. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, is and that's why we're, gut, where the science and gut health is so exciting be it complex it always comes back to behavioral change mm. and the kind of the, the eat like me look like me culture needs to be gone <laughs> yeah because <laughs> look at you two you look like each other you're genetically similar but your bodies need different, so different. stuff yeah and we even... actually did a recent study on glucose spikes glucose mm. left spiking glucose and um, we spike at the complete opposite thing yeah and I'm I'm always a stone heavier even when we're on the same diets and that's to do with the 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 composition of our gut bacteria even when we do exactly the same things in the studies I do when we're not on the studies I probably do like a lot more cheese and wine than Alana has (laughs) because I'm I'm out on the I'm out on the town more than Alana is these days and so it's probably a bit to do with it but it's interesting that there's you know so even for us if we went on some stupid you know, yeah, you're never going to get the same results. <sighs> it just shows the madness mm. of it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not sexy or fun, and you're not making boatloads of cash from it. Um, you know, which a lot of people are selling nonsense, but you know, there's a bigger, like all this. It's just the simple stuff, like you said. It's just you know, there's no other. And way it, to we it. we have lived through both sides of the coin. You know, being the DJs on Love Island, seeing that side of it, and then moving into the gut stuff world, you know, thinking about it from the inside out rather than the outside in was a very hard shift. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a long time. And um, I really hope that we just were piloting on the school curriculum just now, which is amazing. I was at the school last week and if we could really start doing that grassroots stuff to educate, you know, kids so that they'll grow up inherently mm. thinking about the inside out rather than, you know, exactly what they look like, I think is one of the only ways that we can do it, apart from us trying to shout it from every rooftop that's physically possible. Well, it, again, it's so true, isn't it? And I try and do that with my kids when I'm talking about food. You don't want good or bad food, but I do try and shine a light on how that how whatever they're choosing to eat is making them feel, you know, that that's the, the thing that I'm trying to land with them because the, the, we don't want to be in a place where you can and can't have things, but actually if your body really doesn't enjoy eating that even if you think it does you've got to be conscious of that yeah and we've always had we've all had that you know pizza on a tuesday night when we can't be you know two yeah. for tuesday thing like oh God. and you wake up every wednesday morning and go oh, how did i do it you know what i mean and, but just having you know and, and that is acknowledging that as well i think you know we don't have to be it's not a destination no do you know what I mean? It's a journey and it changes throughout your life as well. You know, when I was pregnant, I thought about more things than I did when I wasn't. And then as I'm like, I'm, I'm, we're weeding at the minute, which is a messy affair. But, you know, starting to think about that as well, I think, you know, and it changes throughout your life. And it's important to acknowledge that as well. Mm-hmm. 
It's fascinating, isn't it? I could get deeply obsessed with my, well, what. Let's be truthful. I am going to get deeply obsessed. <laughs> that, that's a kind of um, place, person I am. So, I think we've kind of covered covered it broadly. It, yeah. If anyone's thinking about what to do next, I, as you say, kind of observe things a bit more. Begin to try and join the dots yourself. Try some of these what seemingly quite easy changes. Go and see your web your um, your site. And I love that, yeah, pick up a different yogurt each time, get pink apples one time and green the next, because that is infinitely achievable. Uh, and actually then it also, well, I found with the trying to get more vegetables in, I kind of found it quite fun to challenge myself a bit and, and not like be weighed down by the prospect of it. Yeah, I think yeah. as well, it's like the kind of experimentation thing is yeah. nice to have in your life with especially you know with something that we have to do you know that we do every day with food is like um you know coming out of those rigid structures helps yeah. with the <laughs> with the things that you know we think we know um and yeah it's just nice to just try yeah try new stuff again it's, it's mad like remember like back it's not even that long ago and it was like meal prep and you'd have meal prep the same thing for the, mm-hmm. like yeah. you used to look at it and go oh god that again yeah, you know that, I mean? like how? What a negative way to eat. But the, again, what your, were we thinking? Your body is kind of telling you something, isn't it? Like you can have mm. similarities and things that you go back to, but we're not made to be. And obviously, of course, things being seasonal, that actually, mm-hmm. if we're in tune with that, that does happen naturally. And I was also thinking the problem is as well because we all shop online now. You just literally do that click, click, mm-hmm. click. Whereas if you mm-hmm. do go to a supermarket, you are drawn to mm. different things. So we're kind of increasingly separated from the experience aren't we yeah the kind of browsing yeah oh I quite fancy this or I quite fancy that it's yeah kind of gone. my body's telling me to buy that whereas I'm just like oh it arrives yeah. and this is what I eat yeah 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 it's been absolutely fascinating thank you ladies I've got two more questions for you number yeah. one where can people find you and is there anything particularly you want to shout about um, just the gutstuff.com is the easiest place. Um, we've got loads of stuff. As I said, like there's a kind of, you know, all the information about the science from like a really basics perspective, but we've also got an I've got a problem, puns galore, on section on the site where um signpost you out to people if you have got an issue, like where you can go to seek help. Um and then we have, yeah, loads of stuff on there, like the books, we've the diaries that I mentioned before. We have fiber bars to help top up your fiber content. We've got fermenting kits if you want to try that out. Um so yeah. All this, all the stuff that you need on there, and then it's just the gut yeah. stuff on every platform, keeping it simps. Yeah, you're easy to find, and it's all very nicely branded. And then the second question is, and you can obviously both answer this: if you could have an honest conversation with one person, who would it be, and what would you say? Oof. Probably each other. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say probably each other. Like we rarely, we rarely speak to each other as sisters. Mm. Uh, we need to we, we carve out always... time we, we carve out time now with uh, a margarita we have like sister margarita time um because we're either talking about work or alana's baby because i'm absolutely well, she's, genetic, she's genetically half lisa's she's which is mad. my favorite like my child is genetically yeah. half lisa's because we've got the same dna dna which is she's mad yeah my bairn mind blown so I'm like, yeah, do you want to do the night feeds if she's yours? But yeah, um, totally. But yeah, it's mad as well because she is. I'm obviously obsessed with her. She's like 
my favourite thing in the whole world. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't remember life without that lassie. And she sits on I'm just like, you're the best thing in the whole world. What? I just love you so much. Um, but she also looks at me like, looks like mum, sounds like mum, no milk. Uh, but she settles with me. So yeah. she like, it's something in her nose. Because she just like, I, I was babysitting her for the first time. And she went to her bed on time. She took a bottle. She just kind of knew. She was like, oh, yeah, I love you as well. <laughs> You'll do. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, it's you like get the work with, like, the ultimate auntie role. Because uh-huh. you, yeah. you haven't, yeah, you've not done any of the the having a baby bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she looks exactly like me. Yes, <laughs> it's so weird. She's got yeah. our She's got our face. Nuts. Um, it's so, so yeah. weird. I've never thought about that. Um, so yeah, each other. Yeah, we maybe do it on Saturday night actually. Uh, Marguerite. Yeah, I think we're we're going to like, over, yeah over Easter. We've said like no no work chat, um, and we didn't want to work together ever. Like we went to separate unis in different countries. It just <laughs> happened to be that we worked together. We did, I mean we're the complete opposite of each other. We we thought at first this is absolute hell, and then over the ten years we've started to realise you know what each other's strengths and weaknesses are, and it and it sort of works now. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. This weekend we'll do it. We'll have an open, honest, frank conversation with a margarita, Lisa. Uh, well, you know, you both went to. You both wanted to answer that, though. You know, it was. I know. It's weird. Yeah, no. twins are cool. Thank you, <laughs> ladies. It's, it's been um, it's been really, really educational, and I think I'm gonna like drill into this, which means that yeah, it will change. It will change stuff for me, and I hope it does for people listening too. You're doing great work. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the twins. It's been a great episode and very informative. Join me next week for more chats. And in the meantime, please do rate, review, subscribe. Um, And I'm off now. But before I do, I just want to shout about a competition I'm running with Vimeo to win an entire year's worth of Vimeo daily. What a brilliant way to support your digestive system and generally take a positive step towards looking after your well-being. To enter, you need to head to bimuno.com to find out more. And thank you to Bimuno for making this podcast episode possible. That's it from me now. Um, Do check out that competition and I'll catch you next week. Bye.